Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. Our topic this week is really one I think that's really it's pertinent to, to everything. It's overcoming obstacles and really being unstoppable. And that's why I'm so excited about our guest because we have like the best leader I've ever worked with and one of the coolest humans in the world, Trisha Brooks. So she'll be on awesome. in the second, second group, and I'm so looking forward to that. And, I, and I'm actually honored and a little bit nervous because, you know, I don't want to screw up with, with Trisha, right? <laughs> I don't want to say something that's stupid. Well, I'm going to say something stupid, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all that. She's just an amazing human. We're looking for, forward awesome. to that. Um, Glad to have her. I know the first section is you are managing the, the Do- documentation of existing conditions. I had some existing conditions I dealt with this morning that were remarkable. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm driving down I-88 on my Harley, right? Yep. And my Harley is not inconspicuous. It's, you've mm-hmm. seen it. It's big and black and lots of chrome and it's sunny out and it's shining, right? Shiny. It's very shiny. It's like I pride myself on the shininess of it, right? Right. So I'm rolling a little over the speed limit, 80 say, you know? Yeah. And this very gentle man- in a silver SUV or mm. one of those Batemobiles with yeah. a hamburger top on top, you know, okay. passes me, but doesn't completely pass me all the way, right. like passes me halfway, then slides into my lane. Mm-hmm. At 80 miles an hour now, I, I've got one place to go because there's a guy on my right, so I got to hit, and I can't go to my left because he's taking that up plus in front of me. So I got to hit the hooks. And so shout out to the Harley engineers who have created an awesome anti-lock braking system on my Harley Davidson. Otherwise, yours truly could be you know, road rashed, is, you know, uh, but so then like, I'm a little bit, you know me, I can spark up a little bit. Uh-huh. So, and, and I got, you know, no sleeves on my shirt and I got the tats showing right. and I'm riding a big bike and I go by this guy and I thought he was going to poop himself. And I'm like, he, he waves at me and I gave him a wave back, but usually only using one of the five fingers, yes. you know, but yeah, but it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was remarkable. I was, I was a little bit irritated, but the, motorcycles, what, well, what I became like so clear on yeah. is how unpresent people are, you know, like this guy had to pass me and didn't even notice me. And it, it, it's not like it's unnoticeable. Like there's a, just an absence of present. And then later on down the road, you know how there was road construction and they say this lane here and someone stops cause they didn't get in the right lane and it, it just clogs everything up. And it's like, I'm just, I'm just realizing people are driving four and 5,000 pound vehicles, not even aware of what they're doing. Mike. It's way worse than that. Oh, I know. There are people are under a variety of medications. That's just for starters. Mm-hmm. Then, then there's the the the, the current environment that yeah. we live in, right? Yeah. And and how can we expect people to be crystal clear anymore? Yeah. I don't think we can. Yeah. It, I think know, we have to operate as if, well, I need to, you know, I may have to punch Bob in the head, <laughs> like we said earlier. You know, like, hey. Well, you know, what's really interesting. Welcome. You think about that. And then you go back 50 years, and today's the anniversary of the moon landing, right? Yep. We couldn't have got to the moon landing with the same level of consciousness we're operating today at, right? It's, we can barely get to Naperville, right? <laughs> so, Well, Google and all these other companies <laughs> seem to be doing okay. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's, as far re- as it's, it's fascinating to me. But Taking on big projects. But 50 years ago today was the moon landing. Yep. So where were you when, when the, they landed on the moon? Do you remember I was that? on my Aunt Min's living room floor. Yeah. She was the only person in our entire ex- family, extended family, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. She had a big RCA color television. Oh, wow. It was like 
and it was like the size of the Cadillac she drove. Yeah, yeah. And she did drive Cadillacs every year. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's where I was. And I was, yeah. I was watching that with just, I was gripped. I thought it was the coolest thing yeah. ever. Like, it was like living in magic land. Yeah. I wish, I wish my brother was here so I can ask him, because I don't really remember exactly where we were. I think we were in Tennessee mm. at my grandma's house, watching on one of these really small little TV sets. So all these people are around this yeah. little box. Yeah, yeah. And I think my brother was there. And of course, you know, in the middle of July in Tennessee, I mean, yeah. it was hotter, hotter than soccer balls down there, right? I mean, right. it was unbelievable. Yep. So, and it was one of these old houses where it still had outdoor plumbing. What? Yeah. Wow. Like 50 years ago. Yeah, man. So, because we used to go down every summer to see my grandma. And it was the last summer that we saw my grandma. It was the last summer she was alive. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, yeah. And she thought it was all a fa- facade. She thought it was fake. But she was like, you know, 80-some years old then. She was way ahead of her time thinking <laughs> that the moon landing was, was fake. She was. You know what else today is? Today is the Baseball Hall of Fame inductions. So oh, I'm what? sure you really care about I that. had a little uh, two-by-three notepad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mariano, Mariano Rivera, the mm-hmm. greatest reliever of all time, goes in. Mm. Harold Baines, one of his all-time greatest Baines socks. familiar. Okay, good. Me, yeah. And then Lee Smith, a great closer for both the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. So those three guys are going in. There's some other guys going Didn't in. Didn't George Will just write a book on baseball? No, he, he's, he's, he has just written a, another book another on baseball. One. He's written yeah. a couple books on baseball. George right. Will is a huge baseball Baseball fan. nut. Baseball nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and like we said, it's hotter than balls. And then the last thing I want to touch base on, did yeah. you see um, the new Corvette came out? Yes, with a mid-engine. I, I, mid-engine I Corvette. What do you think of that, man? I think it looks really cool. I just saw a side profile of it, but I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of a traditionalist. Really? Yeah, a little bit. A little but bit. doesn't the uh, center engine give it an entirely different... It's, a, um, it, it's not a Corvette anymore, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. Yeah, I know. You are a purist. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit... Of, dude, you know me. I'm kind of... <laughs> you know, I'm that guy, you know? <laughs> I am. I am. I saw. I was talking to a guy yesterday. Don't mess it, with your Weibo's mic. I know, exactly. I was talking to this guy yesterday, and he's uh, he worked in theater, and he's a coach, and he does mm-hmm. a lot of work with men, and we may have him on. His name's uh, Adam Gillard. Okay. And good, good dude. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about like how we view the world. And he goes, uh, we see things differently. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, and I'm starting to think, I don't think I'm a, you know, Neanderthal. I don't think. I don't think you're a Neanderthal. But yeah. So anyway, it was, uh, that was funny. But yeah, the new Corvette, I, it, I'm not warm to it. I kind of like the old one better. So plus I worked on the C5 and that's a whole other story we'll talk about some other time. C5. Yeah, this, they're in C8 now. It's the fifth edition of the Corvette. Oh, okay. The, the fifth different redesign. This is the eighth different redesign okay. of the Corvette. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, what do you got for us? I've well, been chatting here way I, too I, much. I, I'm a little, to, yeah. uh, I, I want to just let share that my my own perspective, I think it's yours as well. We've yeah. talked about this many times, is uh, the nature of the show yeah. is, is the courage to speak on the one hand. And on the other hand, we are bluntly being openly honest about wanting to capture the widest possible audience we can. Mm-hmm. So we do this dance between, you know, like editorializing, you know, and I'm not going to pretend that we don't have a particular perspective well, on know, the one hand. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other hand, you know, I, I think we both share a sense of humor about bizarro world that's going <laughs> yeah, exactly, on right now. So, exactly. so I'll just dig right into yeah, it. But it, but it is coming from, from a, well, you know what, Bob, you know, I think there's a free speech is why we're here. Listen, we all, we, we all have lenses we look through. We all have likes and dis- dislikes. We yep. all have, we all have biases and, and perspectives, right? Yep. And I think what we're trying to do is own that and allow others to own it so we can create discourse. So it's through the sharing of these different points of view 
that real movement occurs. Otherwise, we get this tribalism, this nonsense, and and the or or the worst, people kind of step back and just worry about looking good. And I think that the difference between what you just said and where yeah. somebody might may take that conversation yeah. is that you and I specifically mm-hmm. are not interested in putting it on somebody else to apologize to us. No. And we don't want to apologize to anybody else oh, you know. for wherever we're coming from yeah. at that particular moment. So, the whole point is to have an engagement. Yeah. Right? So, so we only got two more minutes. Okay. So let me pull through here. Yeah. So you're going to love this. And I, I guys, I, I purposely don't tell Mike what the stories are going to be. <laughs> exactly. So. I'm clueless. So city of Berkeley, California oh, my favorite is place. banning gendered words like manhole and manpower <laughs> from their, <laughs> see, from their, from their. Oh. From their city codes. So Berkeley, <laughs> California voted to revamp oh my God. Uh, its city code book by, by replacing terms like manhole and manpower with gender neutral terms. The Berkeley City Council voted to replace around three dozen terms found in the municipal code. Terms like policeman, policewoman, chairwoman, and chairman will be changed as well as he, she, him, and her. What uh, are they changing so, manhole to? And, and before it... Can, <laughs> Are we going to go? What's what's the next segment? Because we're gonna we're about to leave. Trish, Trisha, Trisha. Yeah. So look, I'm just saying this right here. I suggest everybody read <laughs> Diana West. Okay. Okay, because she does a very interesting uh, expose on where all this linguistic disruption yeah. is coming from. The, the whole thing and with the control of language. I'm not going to pretend like it's not going no. on. And, and you know, those are those are con- con- like a manhole, a specific construction phrase. You know. Yeah. So my friend Trish is here. Trish, are you there? I am here, Mike. How are you? Oh my God, I'm so excited. How are you doing? Is it hot? I'm awesome. Thank oh. you so much for having me, Bob and Mike. Hi, Trish. Yeah. I'm, wa- I'm waving at you live on Facebook as you're watching. <laughs> nice to have you. Great to meet you. Great to be here. This is my my partner, Bob Ponarelli. So yeah, it's great. So Trisha, yeah. Uh, anything to share? Anything new up in your life? I mean, you're not doing anything, right? <laughs> Well, you know, what I wanted to share is the definition of manhole, which is a hole through which one may go, especially to gain access to an underground or enclosed structure. I like to just say that um, we have to be very careful with what's happening in the world right now and with language. And by definition, there's nothing gender specific about the word manhole. I know. You know, you know, I used to work in construction, right? And I used to actually install manholes. So. Yeah. So that's what my. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I'm loving hearing you all talk about things like, you know, today's the Baseball Hall of Fame induction and 50th anniversary um, of the moon landing. I'm digging all of this so far. How can I contribute? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So there's so many different ways we could, that I want to go with you. You know, I want to talk about the the speakers who dare, of course, but I'm really curious because I haven't seen it yet about the movie, the documentary. Could you share a little bit about that and, and where, where I could find it and see it and what is it well, about and the whole story? Right about. now, it's in, it's in limited distribution because it had a run in L.A. at the Lemley NoHo Theater mm-hmm. through Four Walls, uh, the producer who gave us this run. And that means that I get to apply to the Academy Award. Oh, wow. So until I go through that process. Awesome. Um, limited in terms of who can see it. Oh, wow. That's um, really exciting. it's really exciting because, you know, I do this, Mike. It's, it's yeah. My whole reason for getting up in the morning is because I want to help people who have really important messages yeah. get onto a big yeah. stage or onto the big screen. Yeah. And 
that's how this documentary came about. I was reading Lion's Roar, which is a Buddhist magazine, mm-hmm. and they had featured Justin Von Boydish, who mm-hmm. is uh, the Buddhist chaplain at Rikers Island who teaches meditation to the corrections officers. And I thought, that is incredible. And he's creating a, a space for these corrections officers to go and to have a moment of, of clarity and mm-hmm. comfort during chaos, in a completely chaotic place. Yeah. So I, I reached out to him on social media. He had very little online presence and found him on LinkedIn, messaged him. He responded within a day, and I found out he lives in Brooklyn with his kids, with his family. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So I took him to coffee, and I pitched him this idea, and he said, let's do it. And the next thing I know, I'm in talks with Rikers Island to get a permit to bring my crew onto the island and into the prison so I could interview um, the Deputy Warden Miller so I could shoot the meditation class. Mm -hmm. And I spent several months getting to know Justin and his family and really wanted to tell his story of how he holds space and how he is now the um, the director of spiritual care on Rikers Island. Yeah. He went from a one-man show to having 49 other people helping him with all spiritual care for the prisoners and the, um, and the corrections officers. That, that's amazing. That's you know, today's topic is overcoming obstacles. So, I mean, that's such a, a just an amazing story for what we're, like, shooting to talk about. Um, what was, your and what, big, what yeah, was amazing ahead. when I interviewed yeah. Deputy Warden Miller, uh, first of all, I love, love, love doing my research on people, and mm-hmm. it's really important to me, as you know too, Mike, because we work together so yeah. intimately on Man Up oh, yeah. at Speakers Who Dares. <laughs> creating a safe space is the only way in, and I'm talking about an authentic yeah. safe space, a real safe space. And what I found out about Deputy Warden Miller is that he produced the Pet Shop Boys in the 80s oh, wow. and is a fan of jazz. Wow. And so I went in and I said, you know, I'm, I'm an 80s girl, so I listened to the Pet Shop Boys. And I used to cocktail waitress for the Charles Mingus Big Band. Mm. And, of course, <laughs> he opened up so to cool. me oh, immediately. <laughs> and what I loved about what he shared, cool. which I wasn't expecting, was he believes everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah. And he is doing his job. He could have stayed a record producer. Sure. But instead, he's a warden at Rikers Island because he believes people deserve a second chance. That's, that's amazing. That's actually so amazing. That's, a, that's equally as juicy as teaching meditation to both guards and prisoners, yeah. and from my view. I mean, it's, just, it's a great story. So, Tricia, one of the... Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, Justin is um, a Buddhist, and when we talk to him about detachment, he's very funny. He's like, I'm a Buddhist, and I'm really attached. I love my kids. I love my wife. Yeah. And I love what I do, and it's, it's hard for me to actually be detached. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I do a little Buddhism. I'm, I like to do Buddhism light, and I think that's the thing that, you know, <laughs> that you wrestle with the most. Yeah, well, because if I committed fully, then I would have to like fully like give up some of the things I'm attached to, right? So, and I think that's really the the joy to peace and one of the biggest obstacles to it is is our unwillingness to let go, and and that leads me. You know, you shared something on social media about um, 
a couple of times you had someone had said no to you or you, things didn't quite go your way and how you responded to that. Would you share that story? There was one about Bob Fosse, I think. Do you remember what I'm talking about? There's so many stories. I always tell my speakers mm-hmm. when they apply that no means not yet. Yeah. It, and I think the same thing applies in showbiz. I have been in show business my entire life. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York City from the Midwest. I'm mm-hmm. from St. Louis. Yeah. I moved to New York City when I was 20 years old to pursue a career in the performing arts. Mm-hmm. And I heard no more than I heard yes. I still hear no more than I hear yes. You become comfortable with knowing no means not yet, or no means there's a different doorway that's going to open. Yeah. And I think overcoming an obstacle is part of what teaches you gravitas. Mm-hmm. It teaches you compassion. Yeah. It teaches you, if you're willing to allow it to teach you, mm-hmm. how to pivot, yeah. how to be relentlessly passionate about going after what you believe to be true. Yeah. And, you know, Tricia, my experience of you as a leader is unlike any other that I ever had. I think, I mean, I, I know I shared that with you, you know? And can you share how this ability to overcome obstacles and overcome no and, you know, have it be not yet influences your leadership and, and the way you, you know, produce projects all across the board? I think being able to work through disappointment mm-hmm. or frustration mm-hmm. and understanding that you will get there one way or another yeah. is something that I make possible for my my speakers and my actors. And it goes back to that safe space. Yeah. Being able to fall flat on your face, make huge mistakes, and get back up and be okay <laughs> is what it's all about. And oh, my God. When you're hearing no, for example, I'll tell you a story about the Johnny Carson musical. Yeah. I was slated to direct a brand-new Broadway show about Johnny Carson. Oh, wow. A lot of that was amazing because I was a new Broadway director, and I'm a woman mm-hmm. directing a show about Johnny Carson, yeah. the beloved Johnny Carson. Exactly. Right. And I spent years dramaturging the script with the writer. I spent years doing table readings and staged readings, and it fell apart. Mm. It was over. And that kind of disappointment, that kind of um, obstacle, you experience it, and then you move on. Yeah. And I learned so much about how the business works. I learned so much about myself in that process that I can apply that as a director now. If I see one of my speakers or one of my actors bearing down and gripping at what they think needs to happen, that is the worst possible thing they can do. So it's like you, you have to allow what happens to happen because it's it's happening for you. It's happening for you, not to you. Yeah, Trisha, that's so powerful. I mean, if there's, God, I think I've got a doctorate in failure. And and what's so great about that is the ability to the, learn and, and learn about myself and learn my own capacities and my mm. own limits. And and when you say that, I, I just think, and, and that was my experience of you, is just the gift that you, cr- you know, you create with the authentic space. And, and, and never did I feel pressure other than anything I put on myself. And there was always a space just to be me. And it was it was more than a space. It was like a calling forth. 
So yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing what you do. I think uh, what I'm also hearing in your um, sharing about uh, safe space is this whole idea of failing with a plateau. Like you fail and then you create another plateau and another stair. Yeah. And I think that that's what I'm, I'm hearing too. Um, I don't know where that came from, but that's just how yeah. it occurs. Yeah. Like you're not going to die from failing. Yeah. That and the people that you're participating with in this whatever particular endeavor mm-hmm. are giving you the room to get back up and take the next step yeah. versus please go home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tricia, we, we got to take a break in a couple yeah. minutes. Would you stick around with us? Absolutely. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Ecotech Pest Control is a local family-owned pest control company located in the Chicagoland area. We aim to provide environmentally responsible, effective pest prevention and elimination to our clients, following the principles of integrated pest management. From bedbugs to roaches, from silverfish to rodents, whether residential or commercial, Ecotech Pest Control will get the job done. Visit our website, ecotechpestcontrol.com, for a free estimate or call us at 773-570-0070 to schedule your service appointment today and tell them Into the Gap sent you. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we enter into the bowels of human ontological hell rooting out the evil that too often seeks shelter in the nooks and crannies of your consciousness. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. Hey, we're back. It's me and Mike, Mike Sherrick and my co-host, Bob Ponarelli. We've got a special guest today, Trisha Brooke. Welcome and back. You there, Trisha? I'm here. Thanks for withstanding the Polydent commercials and all that stuff. That's how the bills get paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, listen, one of the things I, I'm, I'm so fascinated about by you, you, you you're, you're in so many different areas. You do choreography, you do film, you do theater. You know, the, the, you've got an award-winning podcast and this, the whole speaking thing. What is really, what sources you? What is really your inspiration and where does that come from? I really want to make the world a better place, and that starts with language. Yeah. That starts with getting messages out there. That starts with supporting people like you, Mike, who have important things to say about what it means to be a man right now. Yeah. And if I can work every single day to shine a light on people who are doing good and amazing things yeah. in the world, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And that means using all of my areas of expertise, showbiz, speaker training, making movies, directing yeah. people. Uh, it, it means that I cannot stop until I have illuminated all the people who are doing good because it outweighs all the people who are not. Yeah, that's so awesome. So, so I'm hearing you're, you're focusing on what's working. 
generally. I'm focusing on what's working, yeah. and I'm giving people an opportunity to have more visibility with their message. Yeah. That's why I put. That's why I produce speakers who dare. That's why I make documentary films. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are able to hear people speak and um, think about things in a new way, adopt their idea as your own, then mm-hmm. maybe you're going to make a change. That's why I named my event Speakers Who Dare. Yeah. It's not limited to people who are on big stages. If you see something happening that's inappropriate or if you see something that's unjust and you begin to speak about it, mm-hmm. you're giving people an opportunity to pay attention and then change can happen. So <laughs> if you're on a on the subway and, and you you get up and give somebody your seat, that's a speaker who dares yeah. and there's no language being exchanged. Yeah. That's somebody who's doing what's right and yeah. taking a risk. You know, anybody who gets up and speaks the truth, whether it's for your kid, whether it's for your, your spouse, whether it's for your coworker, if you are standing up and speaking out, that's a speaker who dares. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And Tricia, the, the truth of the matter is this radio show is really uh, directly a result of my experience as speaker who dares, just so you know. Uh, this wouldn't have happened if that didn't happen. And that did, wouldn't have happened. That if, makes me so happy. And that wouldn't have happened if you didn't talk to me, <laughs> you know? Like it's been almost a year when I met you last August and that, uh, I know. that I, I came to kicking and only. screaming, you know? Yeah. That was well, only a year, Mike. Think about, I think know. about everything that's happened in just this year. It's I know. amazing. It, it's, it's not even a year cause it was in August when I met you and now it's July. So it's 11 months. Pretty freaking amazing actually. And, uh, and I think the, the thing that occurs and, and, and I want to, I want to, um, I'm really curious how you went from TEDx Lincoln Square to speaker, speakers who dare. Like, what was the process? What was behind it? What was the intention in going? Because you know everybody thinks TEDx is the bomb, right? And I, I, I didn't speak at a TEDx, but the speakers who dare thing like put me through uh, a sausage grinder of an experience. It was, it was absolutely the most transformative thing I've ever done. So, what had you go from the TEDx thing to the speakers who dare? Let, let me go back and, and sure. sort of connect the dots for you. Yeah. I was working with a couple speakers, and they were incredible, and I had no place to put them. Mm-hmm. So as a theater producer, my next thought was, well, I need to put on a show. Mm-hmm. What's the best show I can put on? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll apply for my TEDx license. Mm-hmm. So I went through the arduous, very time-consuming process of applying for my license mm-hmm. And was awarded TEDx Lincoln Square, which mm-hmm. is the name that I chose based on the location in New York where yeah. I live. Yeah. And they gave me a license in 2016. And I put on my show, my first, I co produced my first TEDx Lincoln Square with Jamie Broderick yeah. in 2017 in March. And it was awesome. I loved being a TEDx producer, I loved doing the show. We did two years of it. Mm-hmm. I loved being able to put people on my stage. I think the TED organization is amazing. I love the brand. I love what they're, what they stand for. And it is an incredible opportunity for speakers to wear the TEDx crown. Mm -hmm. So I completely support TED and TEDx and I'm still working with speakers on getting them onto TED stages. Mm -hmm. The reason that I pivoted and Jamie and I decided to create speakers who dare Mm -hmm. is that I wanted more creative control. Okay. I'm a producer. And I thought 
I love doing this and now I want to go bigger. I want to people put people on my stage mm-hmm. who are saying what we are thinking. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I, 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 I don't have words to express the experience. Okay. But like you just said, like it's a different guy sitting here than when I met you last August, you know? Um, and it was a remarkable experience. So thank you for that. Um, you know, it's thank interesting. You. Uh, you know, quite a few people have seen the talk and the whole thing, and they know about speakers who dare now. And everybody comes up, well, you know, I want to do that. Hook me up, you know. And what would you ta- say to people who have this idea that they want to be a speaker? Like, I, I, I don't know what to say to them. You know, I, mean, I really don't. They asked me how I got there. I said, you know, it, it was like a long, strange trip that happened really quick. You know, and. <laughs> And, no, really, it was it was intense. And and what would you say to people who who have the idea that they want to speak and do public speaking, but aren't doing it yet or, or aren't clear about it? I think there's a two part answer there. The uh, first part there's is probably a five part answer. Ask yourself yeah. why. Okay, the why. Yeah. yeah, but when when you really know why you want to take a big stage, then yeah. the rest of it becomes easy because it stops being about you. If you know that the reason you want to be on a stage is so that you can have a bigger reach with your very important message, so yeah. that you can make a difference in the world or change how people are thinking about something um, that is thought about in a certain way and you want to shift that perception, then taking a big stage is something you should do. Will it elevate your credibility in terms of your business? Absolutely. Could it potentially be another revenue stream? Yeah, for sure. Will it give you deep, profound clarity on what you believe? That is yes, that's without the mo- a question. That's the money. I've worked with speakers yeah. for, yeah, that's the money. That's the money and shot really, right there. Yeah. When, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, more time, the more you get clear, clarity on what you think is important and why you're talking about it, yeah. all of a sudden, you're energetically, you'll start calling in those gigs. You'll start calling in the radio shows. You'll start calling in the performances. You'll start calling in meeting producers. Yeah. who want to put you on the stage. And that's because you get really clear on why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, Trisha, I think one of the biggest challenges people get, people can't get out of their own way. You know, the people are, are yeah. you know, they've, they've got all these wants and desires and they think the road to filling their wants and desires is by telling people that they've got wants and desires, you know? And, you know, the marketplace is relatively indifferent and, uh, yeah, so it's really about what are you going to provide? The thing that I learned from you is what's the gift you're giving? And, and I think that's what's so profound. Right. And, uh, and what I'm really present to is the gift that you are and what that you give. So thanks so much for that. Um, as a producer, Thank you. As a producer, I would imagine that you really, uh, uh, until we had this conversation, I kind of looked at producers as almost like the you know, as Woody Allen said, they're kind of like the real estate developers of the film industry. <laughs> and at the same time, what I'm also hearing is um, that you are producing people, really. You're helping to produce an individual person, ultimately, in a way. Yeah, no, it's my experience. I'm going yeah. to receive that. Thank you. That's, that's really powerful. Thank you. I will receive that, and I will take great responsibility and continuing to do that moving forward. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I can just say my, you know, on my end of the deal, um, it's, it, you know, my experience with what Tricia does is absolute leadership in its purest form. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's the way that I see leadership. It's it creates the space and gives you the skills and resources to fulfill on your commitment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And your commitment is shared with someone else. And the most remarkable right. thing, and, and Trisha, I don't mean to take over the thing on your time, but the most remarkable thing that happened, there were 24 people there from mm-hmm. all over the country mm-hmm. that had never met, mm-hmm. came together, she mm-hmm. put this thing on, mm-hmm. and it I don't think it was ever off by 30 seconds or more. And I don't know if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, like, doesn't happen with you and I, that's for well, sure. No, but like as a construction <laughs> guy, you know, and, and always looking at processes and sequencing and all this stuff, I'm sitting there going, this is blowing me away. Yep. And and these weren't these weren't like wallflower people. Yeah. These were there were some right. like really creative, you know, mm-hmm. fascinating humans there right. that are tough to control. Yes, you know, yeah, and yeah, it was it was wild, Trisha. It was absolutely amazing. So, how do you do that? Um, I think you just that said how I did. <laughs> what was that, Trisha? I'm sorry, <laughs> Bob's busting me here for something I said earlier. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It really starts by it's it, it's all that safe space. I yeah. I must earn everyone's respect and trust oh. from the beginning. Yeah. And once I do that, everybody's along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And Trisha, if I can, you know, you you've talked about safe space, and sometimes Bob and I make fun of that a little bit here because it's I think it's a term that people don't actually understand what it means. And when I hear great you talk, question, yeah. you know, what do you mean by go, that? Go ahead. Well, I think you're you're hitting something beautifully because safe space doesn't mean uh, a weak space. It doesn't mean a space where there's no feedback or no right. pushing. It's not a space where I'm not going to be tough or demanding. Yeah. The safe space that I create is a, is a space of absolute honesty and truth. And if you yeah. are hiding, I will pull you out <laughs> by your hair. <laughs> and if you are uh, avoiding, I will stand in front of you until you can no longer avoid. Yeah. So the space means I'm going to be there to support you, yeah. but it doesn't mean I'm going to be there and let you get away with anything. It's, that is just, and that to me is actually the definition of leadership. That truly is that. That's why. Thanks for put actually putting it into words because remember I told you right after the thing I was blown away by the whole thing. I had never experienced a leader operate like that. And it was that is exactly what it was. So, um, Trisha, it's it's been such a joy to have you on, and it's such a gift to have you as a friend of mine. And I just want to thank you so much for being on. Is there anything you want to say before we go? Anything you want to share? I am so excited that you all are creating this conversation uh, with one another. And like you said earlier, you are having the courage to but you also want a re- to reach a wider audience. And mm-hmm. I think that you're both doing it beautifully. So thank you for your contributions to the world. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com.
Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. Hey, man, that was Trisha. Isn't she awesome? Very. Wasn't that definition of safe space perfect? Well, I reflect on being in a dojo yeah. after a couple of weeks. Yeah. And the sensei, who I just love and adore, uh, had this conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he had us all stand up, which yeah. is normally we're kneeling down and he's yeah. standing up. And he had us all stand up, and there was about 15, 16 of us. And he said, listen, I said, I want you guys to know something. This is He said, this is safe space. Yeah. But he described why and how it was safe space. Yep. And basically, his definition of it went like this, Mike. We're not, we have no expectation of you coming in here necessarily. Yeah. You're, here is where you are taken just as you are. Yeah. We're not trying to make you into somebody that you're not, but we're not going to let you slip Mm-hmm. less than than we can see you yeah and he, he he talked for about a minute and a half and honestly mm-hmm. i thought i've won the lottery yeah in human affairs yeah you yeah. know seriously and and that's how it's been that's how it's been and yeah. and it's like this too and i think it's between you and me too you it gets very easy to honor somebody and create that safe space mm-hmm. if they're willing to come and sit before you and just be with you. Yeah. Right? You know, Bob, one of the, and we talked about earlier, but mm-hmm. one of the key distinctions of leadership is mm-hmm. authenticity. Yes. Like, and, and, and authenticity. And, and one of the things I talk about when I'm talking about guys developing yep. and men developing mm-hmm. is fully owning oneself, right? Not yeah. Not the facade of oneself or the performance of oneself or the representative oneself or one's identity, but fully owning who you are from a soul. And, and my experience, and, and here, here's the thing I learned from Trisha. Yeah. I was just going to share to say, go ahead. You yeah. First. yeah. I want to share the, something about that too. The thing that I learned from Trisha is when you're that way, things get expedited. Well, it certainly moves the ball down the court a little uh, faster. It and, certainly does. Yeah. And yeah. what, what I got from her just now yeah. is that she when she said, I'm not going to let you off the hook for this, but I'm not going to beat you up for that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, no. But I think that really comes from her looking to the person's commitment because yeah. they're there for a reason, right? right? Right, So if they had the courage to say, you know, I'm here to give this message or this is going to be my thing, yeah. well, she's going to hold you to that. Yeah. And it, it, if you're backsliding on that, she's going to let you know. Yeah. And if you're... If you're going, you know, you're falling forward, maybe she's going to hold you up a little bit and say, you keep going, but here, check yeah. this out and move here. You know, whatever. You get the yeah. idea. No, no, man. It's, it's, um, it's a dance. It, it is. And it's, it's, and it's in the present moment. That's it. It's not in your head. No. It's like out here. Yeah. In the world, right? In a space yeah. between two people, right? Right. And that's what's so, so powerful about her. So. Yeah, man, she was, um, she's a trip and I, I just, I, I just love her to pieces and I'm really thankful and honored that she joined us. So. And the other thing I'm hearing in our conversation right now is also what's occurring to me yeah. is this whole idea of having the courage to ask for what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Like you're there, you're sitting in this room, you yeah. know, you're, you're meeting with somebody. Well, why are you here? Well, yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, and, and having the courage to ask for what it is that you want Yeah. versus well, and again, this is the whole idea behind overcoming obstacles and, and you mm-hmm. know, overcoming setbacks, right? Yep. The setbacks aren't fatal mm-hmm. and they're an opportunity to learn. And it always begins with the why you're there. Why are you there? And check in, is that why right. relevant to the person you're talking to? 
which is the first thing that came up in a conversation with her was the why. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Which is the commitment. Mm-hmm. Why usually is the answer to the commitment, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. I'm putting it another way, but you get the idea. Yeah. One of the things I want to do in this last segment is I want to, I want to let everybody know that we got some really cool guests and shows lined up. Um, Trisha moved up this week. We didn't have a guest and she called me a couple days ago and said, listen, uh, is it okay if I jump in this week? I'm yep. like, well, yeah. You know, it just so happens we don't have a guest because she was booked for next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made the executive decision and she was awesome. Sure. Uh, but that means next week we still don't have anyone booked for next week. So we'll, we're going to, I'm sure we'll have someone awesome and amazing and I don't know who it is yet. August 3rd, we're going to have a pretty awesome guest, Rala Tomasi. Uh, who wrote from, The Rational who Mail. Who wrote The Rational Mail. And, and two other books. Yeah. And we're going to talk about really the 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 evolutionary nuts, psychology <laughs> and the nuts and bolts of being a guy right yeah uh august 10th we still haven't booked anything we've got a bunch of people circling around for that uh-huh. um august 17th uh my guy Linnell harris is going to be here yep and he's going to join us in the studio and Linnell is a he's a radio personality he's a life coach he's uh, a young man too by a, the way 40 ish you know, that looks good yeah he looks I just went to his website i make fun of him he's older than he looks you know? uh, okay so uh, so that's, yeah, but he's, he's a really good dude mm-hmm. and, uh, has a huge stand for the African-American community. So we're, and that, that weekend's really about closing the gap and, and the similarities as opposed to the differences in the mm-hmm. world. So he's perfect for that weekend. Um, the weekend after that is our fantasy football extravaganza and Bob's going, oh, what the <laughs> hell am I going to do on this? Oh, but man. yeah, the, it, I, I, keep I have, smiling. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep smiling and ask questions and learn. That's it's right. it, it, I actually, I founded a fantasy football. You got to get somebody to call in to engage with you on that. We're going to have a bunch of people. Yeah, we're going to have the studio is going to be full with knuckleheads talking about football and Patrick Mahomes, right? So that's on the twenty fourth of August, and in the last uh, show in August, we got Jim Oberweiss, who's a state senator in the state of Illinois. He's also the owner of uh, Oberweiss Financial, which mm-hmm. is a hedge fund uh, trading platform. Mm-hmm. He's also the owner of Oberweiss Dairy. Mm-hmm. And he is running for the position of uh, U.S. representative in the Illinois 14th District against Lauren Underwood, who I supported, stood for, campaigned for, and hopefully played a small part in her election, who has since gone to Washington and betrayed everything she said about me or to me and has joined part of this. She's not a member of the squad, but she's kind of a, you know, circling the squad. So the squad, yeah, the squad. So, um, yeah. So, so Lauren, Lauren's a sweet girl and her Mm. mom's great and her people are great. Like she's a good human being and she got caught up in the swirl. And I really saw the cesspool that Washington is and like firsthand. Right. And so that doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm, I'm pledging to Jim Overweiss because I think, you know, he's a, he's a tough dude and he can withstand that. There are people that say that going to Washington is kind of a creepy experience. I've heard people say this. Have it, you ever been go- there to no. Washington, D.C.? I, I find it to be fascinating. I've been there about a half a dozen times. I used mm-hmm. to do some work out there. Mm-hmm. And I love it, man. I find it fascinating. I, I, I wasn't inside the government, mm-hmm. but I, you know, the stuff I was doing, I was literally across the, the street from the Capitol. You know? so, yeah, so that's what we got going on. We got a couple minutes left. What do you want to put in? You've been really quiet today, so I want to make sure... People well, get I'm, I'm full metal roll. bomb. I'm letting you roll, baby. Yeah. I, I think this whole idea of- What's your takeaway from today? My takeaway from today is trust yourself. I have no idea why I'm saying that. Yeah. Trust yourself. Um, belief. Hmm. The belief. Yeah. 
that you can do something uh, has is everything. Yeah. It's virtually everything. If you mm-hmm. don't believe it, and you don't have a sense of a taste that a taste for it, even when the evidence doesn't support your belief, that's it. Right. That's like, right. Like your idea for development, brother. Yeah. Right? Which I'm going to be sharing with a developer at three o'clock today. When exactly. I get out yeah. Yeah. If you guys, Bob's in the early stages of this development idea that it's truly revolutionary. Well, and, it's it's revolutionary, but it's not. It's actually returning to what it returning you know, to what works, it, which is revolutionary. Things have been sustainable for a couple of thousand years, which is how we got here. <laughs> I mean, at a certain level. No, I you're mean, you're so right. And, and it, but, but we'll get shot down for that. I'll get okay. shot down for what I just said because you know we're reaching a termination point. Are we really? I know. See, Bob, it's hard to sell fear if you're if something like that isn't happening. You know, everybody gets mo- someday. Did I ever tell you the story about the end of times and my friends that watched Dachshunds for for the end of times? Remember? <laughs> no. I told you, no, I didn't tell you that. I have to share that story sometimes. These guys, these guys what were a amazing. juxtaposition, if I use no, that term. But they they took this fear that was created, yeah. and turned it into a remarkably profitable enterprise. Remarkable. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You did tell me. Now yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's somewhat despicable. All right, we got to go. Honest. 